Welcome to the United Way of Greater Portland's Legislative Rewind. This is an advocacy and policy recap and conversational deep dive. I'm your host, Ronald Jarrett, Director of Public Policy and Advocacy with United Way of Greater Portland. Now, recognizing that laws and policies have the power to strengthen or harm individuals, families, and entire communities, United Way of Greater Portland engages in public policy and advocacy to address barriers and inequities faced by vulnerable populations. Now, this is to improve education, financial stability, and health outcomes in our community. Now, we hope to keep you informed about policy and advocacy developments that are of interest to United Way of Greater Portland and you. The Legislative Rewind will include a section on bills to watch and a conversational deep dive with opportunities for action in Greater Portland and the state. To get a biweekly legislative update from United Way of Greater Portland delivered to your email inbox, text UWGP space update to 52886 or visit unitedwaygp.org slash advocate. Now, we'll also have some details there on how to subscribe to this podcast. So again, that is unitedwaygp.org slash A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E. That's unitedwaygp.org slash A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E. Later in this recording, I'll be joined by Representative Maureen Terry and Maine resident Amy Larkin as we discuss tax benefits like the expanded state earned income tax credit, or state EITC, and the caregiver credit. So stay tuned. United Way of Greater Portland has embraced Thrive 2027. This is our community's 10-year effort to achieve measurable progress in the areas of education, financial stability, and health. United Way of Greater Portland is playing its part to ensure the success of Thrive 2027 by supporting public policy like those included in the following bills to watch. LD 1645. Now, this bill seeks to expand affordable housing for seniors and rural communities. It's on its way to the governor's desk, actually in at this moment, to be signed. This is what she said that she would do based on her State of the State address, so we're pretty confident that this is going to happen. LD 1760. This bill would increase access to high-quality child care and other wraparound supports for the family. Now, there was a hearing scheduled for February 13th, so by the time you hear this, the hearing will be over. But there is still time to encourage your state legislator to support it. Simply text ME space CHILD to the number 52886. That's ME space CHILD to the number 52886 and follow the link when prompted. It takes less than a minute. LD2056. This bill is designed to pull all of our expensive emergency systems together to house people experiencing chronic and long-term homelessness. Now, once people are housed, they stop ricocheting through our systems. This eventually changes the way that we help people who are ill and have no place to live. There was a hearing scheduled for February 13th, and we'll keep you posted on how that bill develops. LD1607 is a concept bill that proposed to create the Department of Early Care and Learning as a cabinet-level agency uh, within the executive branch. This bill was voted ought not to pass on February 6th, so that bill won't be moving much further. LD1572 is a bill that establishes the Maine Fair Chance Housing Act. Now, the purpose of which is to ensure that a person is not denied housing based solely on the existence of a history of criminal convictions. There was a work session scheduled February 12th. LD1935 is a bill that will increase and fund treatment options specifically for pregnant people who use opioids and wish to seek treatment. There was a work session scheduled for February 12th. 
LD1974 uh, is a bill that provides for reimbursement of case management services that are delivered through telehealth to targeted populations. This is definitely a bill that will help folks who live uh, further away from services. And the public hearing was held on January 22nd. LD1466 is a bill that amends the Substance Use Disorder Assistance Program, which is a program that provides grants to municipalities, counties, and regional jails to carry out projects designed to reduce substance use, substance use-related crimes, and recidivism. So the change basically makes it so that community-based organizations as entities are now eligible for grants under the program. This opens up uh, the, the number of providers who can now do this. So a work session was held and it received an ought to pass as amended on January 27th. LD1096 is a bill that requires the Commissioner of Corrections to establish and maintain a substance use disorder treatment program in correctional facilities, which must provide for an assessment on intake, provide a variety of behavioral and medication-assisted treatment options, and offer peer support and comprehensive treatment options after release. This bill is still on the appropriations table, so we're, we're hoping uh, that some momentum can be generated soon for this bill. Now, LD1919 is a bill that we are going to talk about in more detail during our conversational deep dive. This bill creates a refundable credit for those taxpayers caring for an elderly and or disabled family member. Now, there was a public hearing on February 6th, and so we're going to hear from some folks uh, who shared their story, uh, and they're going to share their story with us today. To learn more about these bills and others currently being considered in the legislature, visit legislature.maine.gov or email advocacy at unitedwaygp.org. That's legislature.maine.gov or email advocacy at unitedwaygp.org. And we'll be right back. Well, next up is our conversational deep dive. And in this segment, I'll be joined by Representative Mo Terry and Maine resident Amy Larkin. And we're going to discuss tax benefits like the expanded state earned income tax credit or the state EITC, as well as the new caregiver credit. Through the IRS Volunteer Income Tax Assistance or VIDA grant, for which United Way of Greater Portland is the fiscal agent statewide, there are Creating Assets, Savings, and Hope coalitions across Maine, or cash coalitions. Now, these regional cash coalitions provide free income tax preparation by IRS tax law certified volunteers. So this is to ensure that all eligible Maine residents receive tax credits, including the federal earned income tax credit, the child care tax credit, and Maine's property fairness tax credit, and Maine's EITC. Now to see if you qualify for free tax prep, visit cashmaine.org. That's cashmaine, C-A-S-H-M-A-I-N-E dot org. Now though these tax credits are a great step in helping families achieve financial stability, for families caring for a disabled loved one, that act of kindness may create a financial hardship, some having to risk losing their home, cutting short their education, or even having to step away from work. Now, the legislature is proposing a solution uh, to this problem right now, and it's LD-1919, or the Caregiver Credit. Now, here to talk about LD-1919 is Representative Mo Terry. Representative Terry is serving her second term in the Maine House of Representatives. She is a chef, a small business owner, uh, with more than 25 years of experience in the food service industry. She's a former restaurant owner, and Representative Terry now operates Three Daughters Cookie Company. <laughs> and now she operates this with her family. And she is the market manager of the Greater Gorham Farmers Market and has volunteered for a number of community organizations, including the Gorham Cooperative Preschool, 
the Gorham Education Foundation and Gorham Swim Boosters. Welcome, <laughs> Representative Terry. Thank you, Ronald. <laughs> and and thank you for joining us. I know that you uh, we're, we're lucky to have you after meeting with the, the governor today, correct? We got to sign a new bill today. It was pretty great. That's excellent. Yeah. Which bill yeah. was that? Uh, that was the bill um, for housing credits. For, oh, great. Uh, yeah, Maine Housing gets to uh, um, help put some, um, I think it was about a thousand new homes for low-income folks over the next eight years with that credit. So that's we're excellent. Really excited. That's excellent. So yeah. now we have uh, we have that confirmed that LD sixteen forty five has now been signed by it the has governor. Been signed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now before we dig into LD nineteen nineteen, the caregiver credit. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your support of the expanded state EITC credit, which was advocated for last year. What is it? What is it exactly? And why do you think folks supported it? Um, so the earned income tax credit is a, a financial tool, essentially, that the IRS has to help folks that are making below a certain amount of money every year, families primarily, to help boost them into uh, you know, helping with things that are usually uh, the way I see it is a high ticket item. You know, you budget yourself with whatever you make for a living. Um, and then um, over the course of the year, something breaks. Some bill is bigger than you expect it to be. Um, and that's a real hardship for, for most folks that are on a budget. Um, so the EITC is uh, essentially a boost of cash that Americans get every year from the IRS. Maine has our own version of the earned income tax credit. So we add to that just a little bit. And up until last year, we were at a very low level of the federal tax credit. Um, so with a whole bunch of people doing a whole bunch of work, we got to raise Maine's part of the earned income tax credit to help just a little bit more with those families. We were at 5% before this year, and now we'll be at 12% of the federal income uh, earned income tax credit. Gotcha. So if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, the Maine's state earned income tax credit was originally uh, at 5% of the federal earned income tax mm-hmm. credit. Yes. And now uh, you, you're able to increase it um, to 15% or? Uh, 12%. 12%. Yes. And by doing so, it allows more folks to have a little bit extra to help cover some of those things. Correct. Um, what are some other changes that have happened to? Are more folks eligible for this now? Yeah. Um, uh, 18 to 24-year-olds were not eligible before with the main credit, and they will be now. It will be just another little boost in their return at the end of the year. That's great. Yeah. It's another opportunity to help out some of our young people at the very beginning of Absolutely. their adult lives. <laughs> yeah, uh, especially. And those are the ones that are usually making the least amount of money, too. So, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, helping families ensure financial stability is definitely something that benefits all of us. Without a doubt. And so I wanted to sort of uh, ask you a little bit about the caregiver credit. Yeah. That's now there. Um, how did that come about and why do you support it? Well, last year we had a couple of um, uh, EITC expansion bills. One of them was to make earned income tax credit 30% of the federal one. We tried really hard for that, but that was a little bit of a hard pill for us to swallow. And in that bill, we also provided uh, an extra credit, a, a more earned income tax credit for caregivers and students, uh, home caregivers and students, that is. Um, And by home caregiver, I mean um, family members that are taking care of family that are either disabled or elderly. You know, it happens a lot. There are folks that live in the home that are um, that are in need of extra care. So 
are amazing people out there that are taking care of their families. And we thought that they needed a little bit extra boost. So in the process of um, expanding their income tax credit, we did the best that we could on a bipartisan level. And one of the things that was lost in that was um, the caregivers, you know, giving that expansion to caregivers. Um, So this year, we decided to give it a shot again, um, this time on its own. It's a very simple tax credit to give about $2,000 on your um, refundable returns to those folks that are spending time with their loved ones, making sure that they are at home and uh, getting the care that they need by their own family members. Gotcha. Thank you, Representative Terry. You you mentioned... um and my understanding is that this was a bipartisan effort. Yeah, yeah. All of our – we see a lot of bipartisan effort um, bills in the tax committee. I feel pretty fortunate that we have a, a really um, – we have good, strong, robust conversations. Of course, there's differences of opinion for sure, but we all want the same thing. We all want to take care of our folks. Thank you. And, and if I'm hearing you correctly, this would be a refundable tax credit uh, on your state income tax. Mm-hmm. Um, up to about $2,000, and you're eligible if you're filing singly up to 75000 yep. or jointly up to 150000 Correct. And, Correct. of course, it's sort of a sliding scale yeah. how much that return is based on, on if you make more money, you get a little bit less back. Correct. If you make less money, you get a little bit more back. Right. And a lot of times we find that um, these caregivers still have jobs. They've just scaled them back quite substantially to be able to take care of their loved ones. Um, they can work from home just on a limited basis. And some of them actually do need to completely leave the workforce and jump right into taking care of their family members. Gotcha. Yeah. I feel like it's a, it's a savings for the state. A lot of times folks, when they don't have someone to take care of them, will end up in um, a long-term facility where their Medicare insurance, Medicare is going to um, cost quite a bit more than the than home caregivers can do. So for me, I think that that's a pretty fair trade for being able to keep folks out of places that they A, don't want to be, and B, that are very expensive to themselves and to the state. Thank you very much, Representative Terry. Mm -hmm. This is definitely an incredibly important bill, and I'm glad that we've had a chance to let more folks know about it. And just for folks who are listening, if you'd like to see if you qualify for a number of tax credits, um, uh, this one isn't there yet, um, but there are some, (laughs) as we discussed, there are many others. Uh, Go to CashMain.com org today, and you may find that you qualify for some free tax prep, um, as well as tons of other information on there. When uh, the hearing, which was last week, February 6th, um, a number of folks shared their story, and we, we are fortunate to have with us Amy Larkin, who is a Maine resident, um, and she's going to share with us a little bit of her story as well. Uh, Miss Larkin is an artist and illustrator. Uh, she moved to Maine when she was 12, uh, and then, I'm assuming a little bit later, attended college in Boston. Yes. <laughs> uh, and fortunately, as, as we like to see, she, uh, she found her way back to Maine. And in 2011, she and her husband, Sean, set up their home office and began working together as And How. And this is a creative uh, partnership offering animations, illustrations, and motion graphics. Now, two years ago, Amy and Sean relocated to live with her 97-year-old grandmother. And so thank you very much, Amy, for joining us. Absolutely. And uh, please share with us your story. Sure. Well, uh, family caregivers often face employment challenges because of their caretaking duties. This can mean reduced hours, income and benefits, early retirement, or the loss of a job. And I'm one of those caretakers. 
my parents and grandfather all passed away before I turned 30. Uh, so two years ago, my husband and I decided to move in with my grandmother. She's 97, but in truly remarkable physical and mental shape for someone years younger. Even still, she could no longer live alone, and we're happy to be there helping her every day. Um, about a month ago, she was in a car accident that definitely means her driving days are over, uh, but it also resulted in two injured hands and a broken rib. Uh, my husband and I are fortunate enough to work from home and have flexibility in our schedule because of this. But the time I spent for two weeks getting her dressed, serving her meals, taking her to the bathroom, etc., because she couldn't use her hands is also time I couldn't work and couldn't make money. Um, this was an extreme example of the kind of care she needs, but during an average week, I spend around six to eight hours helping her. Those hours translate to unpaid time or working late. And as she ages, accidents like the broken wrist she got from falling or the surgery she needed for a stent in her carotid artery become more common and require upwards of 20 hours a week of my time. Um, I'm grateful to be with her and also lucky to have a job as an illustrator that allows me to work around her needs. Um, my, my situation is pretty much the best case scenario, and unfortunately, it still means a loss of earnings. This can be emotionally intense work in large part because as family caregivers, we're often helping someone who feels guilty accepting our help. And it, it can be hard seeing the effects of time and age on someone you love. So it's not always easy to get right back to work. My grandmother's needs are unpredictable, which makes planning ahead more difficult. Again, all these things impact my income and ability to pay for what I need, like health insurance. And my husband and I are just two of thousands and thousands of fellow Mainers who put their time, love, and energy into caring for their family members at home. It's really important work, and I think we should do what we can to make it a little less stressful. Thank you very much, Amy. I uh, read somewhere where something like 181, I think it's like... 181,000 Yeah, 181,000 Mainers yep. are caring for a loved one right mm -hmm. now. Yeah, providing, I believe it's 152 million hours of care. Right. Yeah, which is pretty wild. Right. And my understanding is in terms of eligibility for this caregiver credit, it's if you've been dedicating 150 hours over the course of, I guess, the tax year mm -hmm. um, for that family member who uh, needs help with daily living, that's one of the eligibility requirements. And it definitely sounds like there are many Mainers out there who are doing just that. Mm -hmm. This is a, a tax credit, a refundable credit that would apply to those folks who are caring for someone, for a loved one, for a family member. For those who are not caring for an elderly or disabled family member, why should they care about this tax credit? This is a question for the both of you. Sure. Um, well, for me, I would say we have such an aging population in Maine that it's hard to believe that even if you aren't personally taking care of someone, that you don't know someone who needs help being taken care of, whether you're elderly or disabled. Um, and I really like that for people who have to be taken care of, that they, this gives them sort of an acknowledgement to their caretakers that helps them feel a little bit more at ease. I would say um, a, a friend of mine said to me once, we're about uh, a car accident, a broken leg, um, a fall off a ladder away from not being able to make a mortgage payment. I think that that is the case with most people. Um, I'm sure that there are people that have, uh, you know, a little extra cash in the bank, which is lovely. I'm very jealous of that sometimes. <laughs> but we're, we're, we all are potentially in the position to be taking care of somebody that we love. Um, it could be an accident that happens. 
to our spouse. It could be our parents needing a place to live. Um, it could be um, a child that, um, again, another accident. You know, it could be anything. Again, and I think that, um, you know, to get to the financial part of it, it's a savings. You know, if Amy's parents or grandmother had to be put into a nursing home, it would be an enormous cost for her, for her grandmother, and for the state. And to be able to provide just that little cushion at the end of the year, I think is, um, again, not only an acknowledgement, but also an incentive as well to help out just a little bit more than maybe we would think to help out yeah, and I would, Prior to that, yeah. I would also say that all uh, these hours that people aren't able to work and that money that they can't make while they're providing care is also money they can't put back into their own communities right. yeah. to support the small businesses in your your area because you're at home taking care of someone. And so just a little bit extra would also help in that regard as well. Yeah. Thank you both very much for your time, as well as thank you for sharing your story and perspective and your hard work on this. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, caregiver credit, uh, like I said, the hearing was just last week. There's still time to reach out to your legislator uh, and encourage them to support this effort. Um, and so um, I encourage, would encourage you to do so today. Again, I want to thank Representative Terry, as well as Amy Larkin, for joining us. And thank you for listening. And remember, uh, please remember to visit cashmain.org. Because uh, knowing that whether or not you're eligible for for this help, and I'm assuming, and I know that we all could use a little help with preparing our taxes, uh, you may be eligible for free tax preparation. So cashmain.org, see if you qualify, and you might be surprised that you do. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe. Uh, you can look up uh, Legislative Rewind on your favorite podcasting app, or visit unitedwaygp.org/advocate. That's unitedwaygp.org slash A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E. And also, please remember to vote no on question one this March 3rd. Thank you.